Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with one of the hottest podcasts of the summer, the biggest tag team we have in the entire region at the moment, because our region is very small, it is the Raging Robot PartyCast. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for that nice introduction and everything, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're here to lay down a challenge, if you will, uh, ain't that right, Ryan? That we are, big boss. Yeah, uh, we think that uh, all these other two-man shows been too comfortable in what they're doing and been doing it for too long and we're coming for that spotlight we want those championships uh we really think we can probably only call out the rad years and that's only because um squeezer just had a baby so uh congratulations to him you know fatherhood again good on you so okay we're coming to roll you up we're gonna roll you up for that three count ain't that right ryan (laughs) that is right because you done messed with the god of the podcast universes here We may only have power between two cities right now, but we will rise and we will grow. Some people definitely hear us. (laughs) There are several seven reviews on iTunes. Do not lie. That many. And it's only coming up, but probably slowly. So uh, in honor of it being 4th of July, about two weeks ago by the time you hear this, we're here to rock America. That we are. was quite an intro <laughs> yep somehow not our worst probably <laughs> i think that was probably honestly one of our best which is a little sad <laughs> how you been since uh i guess that week out uh good just been working like normal that sounds nice um had a little vacation of sorts uh didn't go super well <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you but that's all right um as of this Saturday, uh, I'm officially starting therapy because it's long overdue and I need it to fix myself. So yeah, just want to get that out there, normalize it, because I think I was living too long with the stigma of there's something wrong with me or I don't want to <laughs> feel like, you know, weird or anything for doing this. So I just recognize like it's hurting other people like emotionally and it needs to be taken care of so uh that's where i am and that's where i'm gonna be for hopefully the next two months uh got some good help on the way that's good yeah (laughs) you know i've had depression anxiety i think i was diagnosed at 13 12 or 13 uh drugs till about the age of 18 or 19 through and therapy and truth i probably should go back and get at least pills for at least the bad days, but... Is it in any way covered by your um, benefits? It is now, and that's okay. the thing. It's like, it just started happening this year, because prior to it this year, nope. <laughs> nice, okay. Well, that's good, at least, because yeah. I'm, I'm doing mine through my work, but they only cover up to eight sessions, but I was fortunate enough to have uh, someone in the immediate family who is training to be a counselor 
who can also be impartial to everything and still keep confidential. So I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah, kind of works out to have an intermediary in between. Um, so do you think we can sell our bathwater yet? I don't know. Do you think people will die if they drink it? Probably not. Um, I just don't think anyone would buy it. <laughs> it must be if I was looking back through some of our old jokes and old things, and I had the idea of, like, uh, for anyone that follows, like, the cosplay world, I like cosplay. I like seeing the different cosplayers, seeing their builds. A lot of the, one of the top things there are, of course, the lewd photos. Of course. It's the internet. It is, which is the sexy internet thing. And I always had this idea of, like, doing reverse lewds. <laughs> just very, like, tasteful and wholesome. No, just doing lewds, but just getting paid not to put them out. Like, just start <laughs> buying Facebook advertisements and Instagram ads and being like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep sticking lewds out there until y'all start paying me not to do this anymore. So basically, you're going to try and put or the suggestion of the twig and berries out there yeah. and make people pay to stop seeing <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. That's a good marketing I strategy. I think it could work. <laughs> you never know. You just can't take a chance in the dark. Yeah. There you go. Um, let me think. That's been going on since I've been gone. Um, I did notice in one of the groups that I'm in that there is a cosplayer who does Common Rider Decade, but he is not in any way the body shape to do it. But the costume still looks really good. And everyone is actually very super supportive of him and thinks that it's awesome. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is the comments are a lot nicer than I was thinking they would be. That warmed my heart. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they've been a lot of the cosplay has been sort of growing up over these past few years. If you yeah. see it getting taken more serious, the community is starting to defend itself better various things like that that you wouldn't have seen when i guess if you want to go back like what do you think sexy jessica negri pikachu was kind of one of the first ones that kind of i think picked up the i know that name but cannot put a face to it whatsoever <laughs> uh blonde girl mm. sexy pikachu shrug <laughs> i can show you the picture here in a second but i think yeah she was kind of one of the first ones that helped popularize cosplay and ever since then getting picked up more and more and as i said there's certain things that are definitely gaining strength like uh every year at pack south when i go because that's my home con because it's here in the city so easy for me to just go downtown it's definitely starting to see more and more furries hanging out oh yeah they're everywhere yeah in their costumes which is cool to see yeah uh uh other things I just picked up Kingdom Hearts 3 yesterday. Nice. I finished watching all the games through uh, Playframe. Did a whole entire series, and he said <laughs> accidentally ended up basically making himself almost a Kingdom Hearts channel solo for a year, basically. <laughs> did he even do the weird mobile game? Uh, he did, because the weird mobile game has a... Uh, Union Cross is the name, I believe. I think so. It has back cover, which is like an hour-long movie that goes <laughs> alongside it. Okay. <laughs> and he did. He watched the movie, and then he put out a 15-minute review of what's important in the mobile game. And there is... Uh, 
I hate to do this because he's a YouTuber recommending a YouTuber, but if you go to the Playframe page and look at one of those three videos, the 15-minute video, he talks about another channel that that is what they do with just only Kingdom Hearts. All right. And they break down the lore and that they actually do do that where they play the mobile game and they have uploaded every cutscene from the mobile game and every single story beat from the mobile game. Okay. Because the mobile game's still active. Nice. All right. Um, just been doing some pictures in my downtime like I usually do. <laughs> usually very quickly because most of them are taken in public and if someone were to walk by while I was setting it up, I would feel awkward. Except for the one time somebody did walk by and was like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> um, let's see. I did find a game while I was gone. I had been looking for a copy of the Transformers Prime game from several years ago. I uh, did not realize that there was a 3DS version of it, so I got the DS version of it, which there was plenty of in Arkansas for reasons unknown, but... I was like, all right, cool. Well, I finally have this, and it's not bad. It's very much a licensed game, but there's fun to be had with it if you like the franchise it's based on. <laughs> well, we are talking about America today. It doesn't get more American than Michael Bay, but... Yeah, well, it's like the cartoon that was only slightly of the same scent of the movies. <laughs> I've often said that that cartoon was like, if they did... The Transformers movies, the live-action ones, except they actually did them well and competently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, with actual character development and coherent plots. <laughs> yeah, the plots are coherent. It's just the exact same between at least the first three films that we saw. Mm, I think they would have to get worse by four and five. <laughs> I'm still not sure what happened. Like, I'm not before. saying they're good. I'm saying oh, no. they're at least coherent and straightforward. Find object. Turns out yeah. object is bad. One was. Two basically had no script. Three was the one that we saw together, and it was horrible. And uh, I stopped <laughs> after that. Yeah, you should stay that way. So today we are indeed doing America, much like Beavis and Butthead once did. <laughs> um this is obviously going to be late, as everything that we do thematically always is. But yeah. In honor of July 4th, we have selected our favorite, or at least what we at that moment in time of shotgun blasting this episode, uh, felt the exemplifying examples of America and pop culture are. So, are you ready with your first pick? Yes, I am. All right, hit me with it. So, for my first pick, we're going to go with... I'm waiting with bated breath. Yeah. I decided to take a ride, because I feel the need. The need for speed. All right. <laughs> for those who have not seen it, I'm talking about one of the greatest cinema, cinema movies ever made, Top Gun. You're too dangerous. <laughs> you're too dangerous. It feels like you're flying against your father up there. Your father's gone. <laughs> now, for anyone who's ever seen this, like, I legitimately love this film. Uh, probably up until ninth or 10th grade, if you asked me what I wanted to do, it was to be a fighter pilot. You could have done it. I found out I can't because I'm too large. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could have done it, and that's what a lot of people are like, well, you're the right size to fit in a cockpit because yeah. you are small. 
And I did actually get into school for piloting, just never went. Dang. That would have been awesome. <laughs> like, I, I did not realize that six foot five people will not fit in a fighter plane and had to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. No, the only thing I would have needed was a, a cornea scrape mm. to get perfect 2020. Gotcha. Because LASIK <laughs> comes undone at high pressure. Oh, nice. Yeah, was, that's another thing is I'm very blind. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to cornea scrape if you want to do uh, 2020 if you want to be a pilot or a fighter pilot because cornea scraping is supposed to be permanent. Supposed was, to be. It's kind of It scary. is permanent. Okay. I was like, this sounds like a large procedure to may or may not work. <laughs> Was invented. Well, I mean, it was invented when a guy got his eye punch, his glasses punched into his eye. Ouch! And uh, the doctor in Russia took it out and actually scraped the cornea, and he's like, "I can see better." <laughs> so I was like, "Huh? Maybe we should look at that." So that's how that was actually found. Let's me pour vodka and I won't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but one of the greatest films ever made. It's one of America's a- best musicals. It's one of America's best musicals. One of the greatest homosexual films ever made, also, if you ever watch it. We should have covered that for Prime <laughs> We probably should have. And we eventually do once the new one comes out, like a full episode dedicated to it. Because that's a double whammy, because there's a lot of overtones. I, undertones or overtones? I'm not. My brain is fried. But also, Kelly McGillis is a lesbian. Yes. So, and maybe Tom Cruise is gay. We don't know. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Next year, baby. <laughs> Next because year. that's also when the sequel's coming out. Cause, yep, it's going to be about drones, supposedly. That's dumb. Probably about four <laughs> years too late, but hey, <laughs> at least you're trying. But no, as I just said, see it, it still stands up. It is still one of the coolest films you'll ever see. Uh, Tom Cruise playing the fighter pilot. That, as he said, he's too dangerous. He has a chip on his shoulder and keeps trying to fly against his dad. Him and his partner, Goose, as they try and make it through the Top Gun Academy. Because their other partner chickened out. So that means that they had to send those two to, cooking t- to Top Gun Academy. Yep. Everybody, it's, it's a well-cast movie. Um, it is. a lot of good performances in it overall. I will say one thing, though, is... Tom Cruise looks good, and everyone else is aged. Yeah. Not badly, but yeah, like, when you look at a photo of the three of them together now, you're like, dang. I will say, possibly a controversial opinion, I do like the movie, but anytime they're not in the air, it's kind of boring. No, yeah, and that is the one issue, is a lot of the stuff we're talking about are their memorable moments. Yeah. But anytime they're not in the air, when they're in the air, it's amazing. It's awesome. But anytime they're not in the air, it does get a bit meh. You do get the cool one lines. You're too dangerous. You're flying against your father. Can I have a flyby? No, yeah. you can't do a flyby. <laughs> or permission to land. No. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's a negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern's full. <laughs> yeah. I feel the need, the need for speed. One of the greatest. You're songs. of course referencing the uh, 2015 Need for Speed film. Yes. 
Good score. Banger soundtrack. Pretty much everything on it's good. I'd say. Highway to the danger zone. Hell yeah. (laughs) Whenever that would come on at my job before my current job, because they would just play Jack FM all day, my productivity would just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Just completely dead. (laughs) I'm just going to be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to live in this moment for a while. Me and my friend one time uh, on GTN line got bored, and so yeah, we went and got uh, Luxor jets and just flew the Luxor jets into the sunset nice. in formation while uh, <laughs> I started blaring yeah the Top Gun theme song, which I now use as one of my alarms to wake up. So nice. Um, did you ever play the PC game back in the day? No, I know about its legendariness, of course, thanks to AVGN, because that is one of his big ones. Did he play that one? Yeah, because remember, the, the inability to land is probably... Oh, no, that's, like, that's what, the NES one. That's the NES one, yeah. Um, that one I did not ever play, but the PC one I had on DOS, and somehow it still had its full motion video cutscenes. I believe the only actor that was legitimately there was the guy behind the desk. <laughs> And um, everybody else was like a reasonable facsimile of who they were supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but it was actually pretty decent as far as combat flight simulators go. Uh, we had the Logitech stick for it, and it was fun to play. Um, it had friendly fire, so you could shoot at your own people and your own aircraft carrier and everything <laughs> if you wanted to. And it would consider you a traitor, and your team would try to take you down. <laughs> um, it was good. That's good. So, are you ready for my pick? Yes. It's something that I think you might be familiar with because of a blunder I once pulled. Troopers, I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is canceled. We can all go home. Bison is getting paid off for his crimes. And our friends who have died here will have died for nothing but we can all go home meanwhile ideals like peace freedom and justice they get packed up but we can all go home well I'm not going home I'm gonna get on my boat and I'm going up river and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. Now, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get any more American than Jean Claude Van Damme. No, wait. You're kidding. Paid for this? <laughs> So my pick is Colonel Guile. I used the movie, but I just mean the video game character in general. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because... Pull my notes real quick. As far as I knew as a kid, I thought he was the main guy. <laughs> because yeah. it seemed like all the promotional material that we initially got in the West would focus on him instead of Ryu. Um, I know that the G.I. Joe-based toy line had a lot of focus on him as well, and... 
he's got that really, really good level music that's awesome. Um, I'm going to play my favorite version of it, which is from SNK versus Capcom on Neo Geo Pocket. That just seems to go with everything that I feel. Excuse us, we're going to have to take a mini break. We'll be back with it. came back so anyway guile he's a cool guy he's got crazy hair he's got an american flag tattooed on his shoulder we thought he was the main character but it turns out he's not really but maybe he is it depends on what region you live in he's pretty cool in the street fighter 2 the animated movie i would argue not as cool as chun li in that movie but still pretty cool (laughs) um but yeah guile great character wacky hair does a flash kick that's about all i got America. <laughs> well, and I mean, he hangs out with uh, Cammy. Um, I guess they do. It would make sense at some point. Because <laughs> I I'm know that to she was initially that. bad, I think. Yeah, initially brainwashed and all of that, if I remember correctly. But yes, indeed. he is a cool character. He is. I am not good as playing as him, but I will continue to talk about him until you have your audio cue good to go. <laughs> um has the green and brown camo pants green tank top i believe his alternate color is brown which as is you said tall hair very tall hair what uh, are the most like him and ken i have a tendency to think are like the two most normal that stay throughout street yeah. fighter yeah ken also very american <laughs> <laughs> even though he's not american but he just he looks is. it yeah that he does really so for my next one I'm thinking we go back to some of the original. Okay. Truth, justice, and the American way for you. Superman. Good old Superman. I remember watching his, I think, serials, or maybe there was a TV show that used to run on Nick at Night when I was a very young child. Uh, The live action. Mm -hmm. Yes, where he was committed suicide or he was murdered, depending on your opinion. It is one of the great Hollywood mysteries. Hmm. But kind of the curse of Superman is what befell that. Very interesting. If you look it up, him, then Christopher Reeves got hurt. I believe the original, a tragedy befell one of the original radio shows, which is where his ability to fly came from with the original radio show. (laughs) Uh, Kryptonite also came from the original radio show. Because prior to that, yeah, that's where uh, Abel leaped tall buildings in a single bound. The reason that that's said is because he jumped everywhere like the Hulk does. Yeah. 
And because they needed him to fly away to be able to get places, they came up with flying. And Kryptonite was come was created to give the actor a break. Whenever he would go on vacation, they would just have him suddenly get <laughs> zapped by Kryptonite and he would lose his powers for a week. Alright, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then he would come <laughs> back perfectly fine after he regained all his strength, but that was the point of Kryptonite originally. Neat. But he was created by, give me a second, two brothers, I believe two Jewish gentlemen, Yeah. after World War II. I want to say Schuster. I believe so, but let me make sure. It's funny you mentioned the jumping thing. I know that in the original Nintendo game he can't fly, but can only jump very high. <laughs> yeah. And of course, 64, which is legendary. Legendarily bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know if there's ever been a good Superman game, honestly. No. Me and my friends talked about it <laughs> at length once. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Because, and I think this is something that's actually also kind of been forgotten about Superman recently and befell him. Superman is a god, but Clark Kent is human. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the part of Superman that's good. And it, you might be able to go back and concentrate on the old, uh, the famous animated, the 1950s Superman animated comics. Yeah, the Fletcher one. The Fletcher. Thank you. I forget. I couldn't remember his name. The Fletcher. And going back to the Fletcher era, you might be able to make like a Telltale style game out of the Fletchers. Yeah, that could work. If they were still alive. Yeah. <laughs> but... Other than that, yeah, like, Return of Superman is not great because Superman can't have a health meter, so let's just give the city a health meter. And let's have Superman fight a tornado as the final boss. <laughs> I think the only real good thing he's in is the Injustice series. <laughs> and that's just because they gave everyone a magic pill to bring him up to Superman's level. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Yep. He's a fun character in the Justice League animated series. This is his... Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yeah. He also helped popularize the uh, superhero comic genre. Because a lot of people, I think, forget that the superhero comic genre wasn't always around. And technically, it did later die with Comic Code Authority, but that is something. For another discussion on super, uh, comic books, the burst, but obviously the red and white costume, truth, justice, and the American way, though, the American way was dropped later, definitely later in the films, because he becomes a global superhero, and you see it in the Christopher Reeves uh, character of him waving uh, Lois Lane, oh, so you stand for truth justice and things like that truth and justice and superman replies yeah and something like that because <laughs> they don't want to add the american way because yeah once superman became a more global phenomenon yeah you gotta maybe not regionalize them so much yeah which they could not do with captain america <laughs> nope <laughs> particularly well but those movies i think still did okay overseas I think they did too, but I think also a lot of people just knew who Captain America was already a yeah. bit more than one of the original Supermen. Very uh, true. You can also spin him off, talk about Batman. 
represents a certain style of America, the 1950s pulp. Yeah, I would say so. Um, always set in that weirdly timeless era for the most part, especially seen in the animated series in the 89 film, which happened to come out in July. Yes, they did. <laughs> but he, yeah, he was the pulp Dick Tracy he style hero. Uh, the noir, which I believe is something that's also very uniquely American. Yeah. That style, which kind of helps create a different version of mysteries, you know. Prior to that, you had Sherlock Holmes. And you had your detective stories that were always a gentleman, always in a coat, always dealing in high society murders, always dealing with ladies and lords. <laughs> until noir comes around and noir suddenly takes it down into the trash, down to the gutters. You know, your characters, you're dealing with gangsters, you're dealing with prostitutes. Lots of cigarettes. Lots and of cigarettes. Smoke. Lots of drinking. And it kind of creates a different genre, and that's where Batman came in. Batman was created because uh, they asked Bob Kane, and he said, how much did this do? <laughs> Forgive me, I'm going to be non-PC here, but apparently Bob Kane very famously went, how much did this two Jews make? to create superman and they told him he's like okay i'll give you something back but tomorrow and he created batman jeez based entirely off of that well i guess it wouldn't be american if it wasn't a little bit racist slightly jesus batman was and once again much like uh captain america as i said two jewish people dreaming up a hero that would have saved them yeah Captain America, America, once again, you know, so. very famously punching Hitler in the face in the very first issue. <laughs> He's coming up in this episode, but not next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you get next? Well, I've got an or... An or I've lost my ability to say words. <laughs> I've got an orthodox pick for my next one. So, that was Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Why did I pick Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Well, see clip. Um, he's just a very funny, good guy all around. Sure, he can't read. He can't write particularly well. And yet, somehow, he wrote this beautiful anthem for the United States of America. Okay, I'm gonna rise up, gonna kick a little ass, gonna kick some ass in the USA, gonna climb a mountain, gonna sow a flag, gonna fly on an eagle, I'm gonna kick some butt, I'm gonna drive a big truck, I'm gonna roll this world, I'm gonna kick some ass, I'm gonna rise up, I'm gonna kick a little ass, rock, flag, and eagle! Rock, flag, and eagle. <laughs> well, they truly are just the American version. Do just a small group of people doing what they can to make it in the world. Pretty much, yeah. In their Irish pub. Good old Patty's pub. Where you can get your egg. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes there's no rules, so it doesn't work out well. There's often no rules, and it doesn't work out well for anyone. <laughs> um, that no. was pretty much my whole pick, unless you have further elaborations on Charlie Kelly. <laughs> 
Not really. I've seen a few episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've never actually sat down and started and watched consistently in the series, but... It's a really good show. It's always really funny when they hit with dark humor so much that when they go somewhere completely the opposite, that it's like, oh, okay, that was actually really nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things I can do it. All right. So, I definitely have something for my pick. I figured I should get a speech in here, too, so. All right. Unfortunately, it does not start where he does not. Alright. Yeah, yeah. Good morning! Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. From annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. To survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Probably the best made Fourth of July film ever made. Independence Day. Ah yes. This movie I went all in on when it came out back around I think ninety six. Yeah. Had the toys, had the Tiger Electronics game. Good times. It was, and the film is definitely a good time. Uh, good cast in it. Ages. Will Smith, I believe that was Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman that you just heard. I wanted to say Paxton, but no, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Pullman, right there. Uh, must go faster. Jeff Goldblum, Judd Church. Got to give the alien mothership a virus with my MacBook. <laughs> Yet you can't connect it to a printer. <laughs> no, it's definitely good. Uh, I definitely love the scene of, how do we know this still flies? Take away the kickstands. <laughs> y'all, y'all never noticed that? That was just hovering the whole entire time and it wasn't <laughs> sitting on the kickstands? And that speech kind of got me going. Like, maybe we should just be invaded by aliens and they should blow up the White House like they did in the film. Maybe we'd be better. Maybe we would. Uh, good sign of uh, 
miniature work there too with blowing up the White House back when you couldn't really do a lot of CGI. You could, but not always well. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they chose to go with the miniature work, meaning that they built a mini set and then blew it up, and that's what they yeah. did for a lot of the uh, the White House explosion, I believe the Empire State Building explosion. I do think my favorite is... Uh, have you seen It's Always Sunny or Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Ooh, yes, I have. It does have one of my favorite jokes where it makes fun of stuff like that where... Huh, they only seem to be attacking the American famous landmarks. <laughs> and uh, and it, when it happens in the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, they just go... The storm is following an odd pattern of talking only the world's landmarks first. We have never <laughs> seen this before. Yeah, those movies are pretty good. <laughs> Funny they are. Funny thing being, uh, we of course got the sequel later. Did you see it? I think I've seen most of it on TV, but I don't think I've seen it the whole way through yet. Neither have I. Uh, Will Smith wasn't in it because he died testing a plane. Oh, that's a way. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea that uh, we use the aliens tech that we recovered to rebuild our arsenal if more aliens showed back up. Yeah. That was a cool concept. Uh, and it's funny because that film had a better film in it. Yeah. <laughs> the prequel to it was that we t- brought down every alien ship but in Africa. Hmm. And so in Africa, the aliens landed... And there was, like, a two-year ground war with the aliens in Africa because they didn't have enough fighter jets to bring down the ship. So that's that one Neil Blomkamp movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp, I don't know, but for whatever reason, you really like to talk about immigration, Neil Blomkamp. But... Isn't he from around there? Yeah, I believe he is from South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, that makes sense. It does, but... uh Yeah, and so... That's just, like, it's on the website, I think, is where that gets mentioned. But it's like, <laughs> that sounds like a way better movie than the movie that we got. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Trendmasters Toys a while ago, and they did all the stuff for Independence Day. Um, they had the ship that had lights and sounds and shot, like, 20 missiles, as well as the fighter jet um, with a tiny Will Smith to sit in it. Uh, they did little... F- opening up play sets that one of them, the only one I had was area 51 and it was really cool. <laughs> that like little storage tanks for the aliens that come out of the exosuits and all that. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Just action figures and that sort of thing. They all came with a floppy disc that you could stick in your computer. It ran on some ancient arcane version of shockwave flash <laughs> and you could play little cool mini games based on whatever you just bought. And if somebody has emulated those, let me know, because I'd like to play some of them again. <laughs> you know, you, of course, get the very famous Welcome to Earth. Yeah. Though, I don't know. Welcome to so, Earth. Yeah, I'm about to say Earth, because <laughs> for some odd reason, a lot of people have put it over the the end picture where Will Smith has the cigar in his mouth. I'm like, how did you not get that? Quick side tangent. Did you see yesterday one of the things that was trending? No. Uh, Robert Redford versus Zach Galifianakis. Okay. So there's a meme <laughs> of Robert Redford turning around and nodding his head. Okay, okay. And a lot of people thought it was Zach Galifianakis on the internet. Yeah, it's Robert Redford. 
Yeah, yeah, it's Robert Redford. <laughs> That's just <laughs> randomly from Jeremiah Johnson, I believe. And it just <laughs> randomly started trending on Twitter, a bunch of people going, what? <laughs> there were people like, on Twitter just like, y'all sounds, are idiots, I saw this in theater. That sounds like a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But tangent over, yeah. I love this movie, I adore this movie, I try and watch it every 4th of July. I don't think I've seen it since the 90s, I'd like to see it again sometime. Like I said, it still holds up, uh... Famously, as I said, we've talked about many times before, Michael Bay and his little group of friends got brought up and then never managed to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do like uh, Last Day, but... Well, we may as well bring him out. Oh, no. <laughs> Pause that. Advertisements. You're not getting free advertisement time on our show. Give me two seconds. This ad is for, like, a bad Photoshop for your body. Ah, interesting. Yeah. All right, here we go. Sorry about that, everybody. knew he was coming and he's finally here it's captain america he wasn't gonna not make my list <laughs> i mean come on um our very first episode was mostly dedicated to him and his best friend but captain america he is an american icon who i feel is often misunderstood and misappropriated by those who would like to be loud and flaunt the shield when they don't fully understand what it actually stands for uh, he is, because Captain America, he's a defender of marginalized people. As you said earlier, he was created by Jewish people during World War II. Yeah. Uh, I would hazard a guess, Captain America would hate where we are right now. <laughs> as much as he would be able to hate something. Um, would absolutely not be cool with Republicans at this moment in time. As well as all of the hate groups that have recently risen in recent years. He'd be punching them in the face. Uh, also, America's ass. <laughs> Put it on the back of a coin. Maybe they eventually will, though. Not <laughs> his first suit, because it doesn't do anything for it. <laughs> no, yeah, Captain America is always a fun one. Uh, it often misunderstood, like the Punisher. Yeah, the Punisher is an even worse example, for sure. Of they shouldn't be what they are, but some people take them, some people don't. I mean... I think we definitely have to try and take away his message of unity more than his message of fighting against people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one of the bigger messages we have to remember from Captain America. Uh, do you remember the name of the creators? Oh, let's see. I think Kirby is one. Yes, Jack Kirby. Let me uh, just double check to make sure that we're not not crediting somebody. Okay, it's Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. 
Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, famously punching Hitler in the very first episode or very first issue of the comic. Yep. He's punched someone else pretty prominent lately, too, in a lot of good fan art. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just... It seems like... People used to think Captain America was whack, and I guess it's like the costume's a little bit silly, and they immediately expect like a anachronistic jingoist character who's, oh America, let's go punch the commies, and it turns out he's really not that at all. <laughs> uh, he very much is a dissenter when he needs to be. Um, it is most prominently put on display in media in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, it's a very good film, which is sadly becoming less fiction every day. <laughs> um, overall, yeah, uh, Captain America is an exemplary American superhero. I would have to say that he's the one that people think about nowadays, largely thanks to the films. Yeah, Chris Evans definitely does a very good job at portraying him. and He's just him in real life now, basically, <laughs> too. Yeah. Giving him his, like I said, trying to bring people together and giving him his different stuff from that. And let's see, it was purpose that they gave him, like, having the Aryan race fight back against the Aryan race, right? The blonde hair, blue eyes. I think that's something that can be read into. Um, I don't know if it was ever outright lampshaded in the comics, but, I mean, it's certainly there if you're <laughs> wanting to pick up that subtext. Well, it is. Well, I mean, obviously we yeah. talked about he fights against a man called Master Man. So. Yeah, <laughs> who very much looks the same as him. him yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's exactly subtext at no. some points in time in the comic, but... But yeah, um, we've talked about Captain America enough on that one episode, so I'm not going to go super in-depth on him, just so we can get through all five of our picks. But yeah, he probably should have been in the main event here, but Captain America... One of our finest American heroes in fiction. All right. Wish he was real. <laughs> I think we should bring it back to something a bit more... kind of realistic. Okay. Rocky Balboa. As soon as that started, I was like, oh yeah, Kurt Angle. Oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You suck. No. He could have been on the list. I completely no, he, forgot about him. He could have been on the list, but <laughs> I think we're trying to stick to a bit more fictional. We could throw Kurt Angle and Hulk Hogan on there if you want to get real American, but I don't know. Oh, don't worry. We have a wrestler on the way. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. You got to get... Rocky in there when talking about American icons, talking about the spirit of America, the different things. Of course, very famously, Rocky Four. Oh, yeah. He fights the communist guy who's trained by the robot. I am misremembering that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. they just had a robot butler, right? He had a robot butler. No, uh, the communist guy is trained by science and steroids. Gotcha. Yeah, Ivan Drago. Yeah, and he very famously does, like, punch the... Like the punching ro robot machine thing where okay. he's testing how hard. So I think that's what you're remembering is. I think so, yeah. 
the training montage, because I believe there's three in there. Of course, there's got to be a whole bunch of those. Yeah. What else are they going to do? <laughs> I know, and so yeah, that's the training montage of Rocky in the mountains lifting logs and cutting firewood while Ivan's running on treadmills and punching things and comp- people on computers are typing around him. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure he's coded properly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, am I misremembering, or does Rocky also have star-spangled trunks, or is that just Apollo Creed? I think he gets to star-spangled trunks in that film. Okay. That would check out, because that's after Apollo dies. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, if he dies, he dies, and Rocky is the worst quarter man in all of boxing. <laughs> Don't throw the towel yet! That is literally what the point of a quarter man is to do, <laughs> is when you can't say, no, you're supposed to throw in the towels like you are crap at your job, Rocky, and you murdered <laughs> Apollo Crews. I don't think that's really brought up enough. It's like, your job is literally to stop a fight. But no, uh, uh, even before that, I think a lot of people like remember the mess boxing films, and it's like, truth, Rocky is a terrible boxer, and they are one of the worst examples of boxing films you will ever see. Yeah, he's supposed to be like an underdog, right? <laughs> He's supposed to be an underdog, but the big thing about it is... Forgive me a second. He just doesn't give up. He doesn't defend. Oh, okay. And so That seems that's, like a bad idea. Yeah. He's always the underdog, and that's the thing. is, It's based off of uh, one of Ali's fights where I think it was Joe Lewis that took a fight right before. And uh, Rope-A-Dope and all that ended up happening <laughs> when he fought George Foreman. I think it was, I forget who it was, took a fight with Foreman, and Foreman was just supposed to be a quick fight, that easy, easy win <coughs> to make some extra money. He's got to get some money so that he can make his grill. Mm-hmm. And Foreman ended up beating him, and so he fought Ali, and that's where the famous <laughs> rope dope comes from, of just standing there and blocking the whole entire time until they get tired and then beating them down. Yeah, I feel like I've seen clips of that. Yeah, you probably have, but... uh no, uh, yeah, the thing about Rocky's boxing is he just sort of, I think it's said in the film is he can take a beating. Yeah. And that's his specialty in the ring is taking a beating, and it comes up in Rocky <laughs> Five. why that's a terrible idea to box like that. Yeah, you don't just get your ass whooped the whole time. Yeah. It's bad for your health. But yeah, uh, Do he does it. it, he fights, he likes the name Italian Stallion, uh, that was actually <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's porn name. Yeah. It legitimately was. He did one right before he sold the rights to Rocky. I'm going to go ahead and do my impression of um, Sylvester Stallone reaching climax. I can't do it. That was a bad idea. I'm sorry. That was comedy poison. That it was. No, he, uh, of course, yeah, fights Apollo Crews in the first one. Spoilers for a quite old film. Loses. Wins the second. Uh... The third, Mickey, his trainer, dies fighting Clubber Lang because Clubber pushes him against the wall too hard. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan was also in one of these. The third one, yeah. Yeah, three. Uh, that's part of it is, <laughs> as Mickey points out, Rocky gets too uh, commercial. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's one of the things. Yeah, ain't a killer anymore, Rock. Clubber, he's a killer. He's going to kill you in the rings. I defended my title three times. Those were fluff fights, Rock. <laughs> no one really wanted it. Then, Come yeah. on, Rock. Try this brisk iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he very famously has the actual statue in Philadelphia. Yeah. 
which is why I still want my RoboCop statue in Detroit. <laughs> I don't even live there. I just want it to be there. <laughs> I think they tried to take that down, and the city was like, don't you dare you put that back up. Or the people <laughs> of the city were like, don't you dare you put that back up. <laughs> All right. I believe that was, what, four for me? I think so, because you went first, and that would check out. So my next one is a highly trained mission force. Ah, good old G.I. Joe, back when it was still pretty good. Cartoon definitely hits a point where you can stop watching it. <laughs> Is it before or after the movie, though? After the movie. Where he just gets knocked out. Yeah, it is for sure after the movie, because then a completely different studio takes it over, and it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the reason why I picked G.I. Joe is because it's in the name. It's one of the probably oldest and most immediately thought of toys when it comes to thinking of American toys. Um, which is funny because what inspired the line I grew up with was actually a Japanese toy. <laughs> Uh, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, was largely inspired by Japan's Microman line, which was about the same size and similar articulation. But yeah, um, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, picking them largely because, for one, obviously, they're Real American Heroes, but for two, they're not just from America. They have a completely diverse international group of heroes among them. And sorry, that's the common writer theme because I'm getting a scam call. Um, <laughs> consulting my notes real quick. Yeah, the G.I. Joe team exemplifies America to me because the whole team is a melting pot, like this nation is supposed to be, and certainly like New York is. But. They exemplify embracing differences and everyone recognizing that they have a different specialty or skill and coming together as a team. Um, they've got a guy on their team who doesn't even say words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, I feel like G.I. Joe's good for, you know, diplomacy and friendship and all that good stuff. Also, the toys are great. Buy them, except I don't think they're around anymore. So buy the old ones. <laughs> now, what do you think of Shannon Tatum? Um, he was fine in that movie. They, of all the things that were off in that film, he was not one of them. Uh, the most egregious offenses were Baroness with no accent, and Destro was fine. Cobra Commander was okay, even though he had Dr. Claw voice instead of um, Chris Lotta's voice. And yeah, um, largely the main shining things in that was the snake eyes and storm shadow story in both films yeah i will still argue that the second one is much 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 better than the first and i don't know why it's treated as a lesser thing it's a lot more fun to watch it is and it's unfortunate that they didn't continue because i think yeah they finally it's kind of like uh a lot of the star trek films yeah they made two terrible ones and then the third one is apparently just a really good star trek movie so it's a lot like yeah. that where it's like well, by the point y'all made the actual good one, no one cared. And so by the <laughs> point that The Rock and everyone took over on uh, on this, 
not everyone really cared anymore about the G.I. Joe films, and so they don't make them anymore. Yeah, they could still reintegrate it into that Hasbro shared universe thing if they really want to do it. It's been on the books for years now. Yeah. So that was my fourth pick. My fifth is coming up, so I believe you should be on your fifth. Yes, I believe so. Let's hope Let me that this my clip is one. on the wrong right spot. <laughs> so to pick another american film there and i think it's more american than the literal president being this air force one i completely forgot about that and that's a good pick <laughs> that it is <laughs> totally not cheating by looking at a list of the most american films ever made totally not doing that no <laughs> air force one harrison ford uh the u.s president it gets taken hostage among Air Force One. Uh, the film that takes place in a universe where they say, forget the rules of law and the fact that the moment that he would have been taken president, that the vice president would have become president. That doesn't matter. <laughs> How were the bad guys already on Air Force One? <laughs> I uh, just now thought about that. <laughs> it's a long thing where they pretended to be press. Oh, okay. Uh, actually gets brought up in like the first episode of NCIS out of everything random. All right. <laughs> where they they get the keys from the creator. They have like they have the keys to the plane, to the lockbox and all this. And it's like, yeah, no, this really wouldn't work in all honesty in real life. <laughs> uh, just a fantastic action film. Once again, takes place in the span of a plane. Harrison Ford. I could have also probably gone with Indiana Jones for this one. Yeah, that would have worked. He certainly fought a lot of Nazis. That he did, that would have also worked as a good, a uh, nice American hero there. But I figured him being the president, having to get back his family. Uh, unlike the films of today, when they kill hostages, they kill hostages. There's no yeah. last second saving. Random people, innocents, <laughs> get murdered in that film. <laughs> what if that film actually is an extension of the Indiana Jones universe? <laughs> and Indy just eventually becomes president? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's possible... <laughs> That Indy cares about football somehow, a film that wasn't around really back during his day. You know what's funny is I'm pretty sure I saw Air Force One during a weekend mini vacation with my childhood friend. Um, we went to some hotel in Little Rock, um, watched the fireworks downtown, and accidentally ordered Air Force One on the hotel pay-per-view. And we were like, well, this seems okay. And we just watched it. It is uh, another shining example of before he has finally been recognized now, but I believe that was... Let me verify, make sure before I say it. Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah, Gary Oldman. Playing the villain there. Uh, He's finally gotten his Oscar. As well, he should have one. That he does. Uh, Yeah... They take the president hostage in order to get a Ukrainian or Soviet air villain. I forget precisely where he is. (laughs) Released from prison because the president had the Soviet air gentleman arrested. Okay. Uh, The leader arrested. He's in jail. His defectors take over. You get the very famous scene of, yeah, like them releasing him from prison. Everyone cheering. 
he takes down the house the terrorists is like put them back in prison and then yeah he like gets shot because the whole entire plan was just to fly a helicopter up and he just gets shot in the back whoops <laughs> yeah the famous get off my plane but that's not where it ends no <laughs> i think they actually basically use the uh the system we were talking about from metal gear the vat not vats uh cqc no the the line system Soliton? Yeah. The zip line. They zip oh, line between um, two prayers at the end there. Hang on. Uh, CIA called it Skyhook. Yeah. Um, it is Fulton. Fulton, yeah. <laughs> I think that they just use like a version of that and they hook a zip line between the two planes, but... Once again, it's a fantastic film if you've ever seen it. I have, and it's pretty good. <laughs> Alright, so who's your last selection? My last selection is a bus. This has got a really long pregnant pause before it that I didn't realize. Mr. Luger, Mr. Luger, I saw what just happened out there with Ron Killens. I just want to ask you, I mean, what are your plans for the next show of Super Bowl Saturday? I mean, are you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting Despicable lack of respect is that Billy What's His Name show booking a match for the total package like Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle run? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this. God! And it tastes like they're too part two, Billy! And you book a match with me, that's right, Killers! Look at me! I'm a total package! I will rip him apart! I'm pissed now! <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the greatest bad promos of all time. If you don't know, now you know that that was Lex Luger. But I'm not necessarily here to talk about Lex Luger today. I'm here to talk about Lex Luger's bus. <laughs> the Les Express. The Lex Express was a big Star Spangled bus that Lex Luger, during his big face push in 1993, would travel from city to city in, spreading goodwill and his presumably baby-old arms everywhere. (laughs) He was, at that moment in time, a replacement for Hulk Hogan, who was both his... (laughs) Brand had kind of soured due to the steroid trials, so let's bring in Lex Luger. All right. (laughs) And uh, they tried to do the whole USA rah-rah patriotism thing with him. Um, He had the famous thing where he body slammed Lex... um, He body slammed Yokozuna on the aircraft carrier, I think the USS Lexington. Yeah. Because they had the big old contest to see who could do it. And naturally, he did it because he had to arrive by helicopter and say, Hey, I can do this. But I'm talking about the Lex Express because I feel like it's the perfect analogy for where we are today. It starts out all shiny and fantastic. He's going from town to town to try and spread his goodwill to be the replacement for a certain disgraced hero. And then his bus breaks down and they promptly never do it again. Yeah, I was about to say, the Lex Express was very famously, like, it had no AC. And that he, he claims he really did travel town to town, like, he didn't fly with the other wrestlers. He really did yeah. use the Lex Express, the Lex Express to get 
everywhere. Until it died. Until it died. And then, yeah, they just never bothered to replace it because they couldn't get him over because he didn't have a lot to him. I believe, uh, was it either Hogan that came back or was this one they just sort of went, uh, Bret Hart instead? Yeah, I think I think they just went Bret Hart instead. So I thought, I thought it was also that Hogan had left the company at this. Yeah, because he was gone. And then I feel like he comes back to wrestle Yokozuna and win the title for no reason at some point. But it may have been before all this. I was about to say, is, is this pre or post Hollywood? Definitely pre. Yeah. <laughs> he had not yet discovered the dark side of Hulkamania, brother. <laughs> He discovered the dark side of other things, just not Hulkamania. <laughs> he discovered the dark side of Linda. Um, do you have any surprise entrance? Uh, not that I can really think of right now. Oh. Do you got one more? Yeah, I got one who's cashing in his money in the bank right now. Who is that? Uh-oh. Bear with me one second. This is a slapdash show, but we're actually doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that we are. All right, here we go. You must be Hank. <laughs> you ran our country. <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hank Hill. <laughs> it was brought to my attention that Hank Hill is actually a really good, like, American character. And I have some pretty decent reasons as to why. Hank Hill is largely a stereotype of a older white man who lives in Texas. But he's also a subversion of your expectations of that stereotype because anytime, you know, it's an episode where, well, I'm Hank Hill and these are my conservative ideals and um, I got some differences with this individual, I'll tell you what. It seems like every time they do an episode with that sort of theme, he always actually comes out of it different. He learns to, you know disregard whatever intolerance that he had previously had before this episode and you know he frequently embraces new cultures and social norms such as you know his neighbors the super nuisance phones um the uh, traffic school episode uh let's see what else him voting yes him voting for sure um yeah even if he's like discomforted by it he always comes out accepting in the end and that's actually a fairly positive role model in this day and age, for sure. Um, I would say also the fact that he loves his son completely unconditionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hank is a solid pick for an American ambassador any day of the week, I feel like. A very solid show for a lot of its seasons. I know that even the creator, when he stepped away for a little bit, was just like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Once his dad tried to kill Fidel Castro, it's like, what the heck was that? <laughs> but... Yeah, I love that show. It is a fantastic show. I know a lot of people that, like, I have one friend that that was his office that he would just sit there and rewatch it over and over again. It's just always good to watch. The Office is leaving Netflix. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to HBO. Oh, no. HBO? That's weird. Yeah, they're, Warner Brothers is partnering, or NBC is partnering with HBO for HBO Max. Oh, okay. But, uh different thing we can talk about later <laughs> yeah very good show very american show very texan show uh i guess a lot of people if you're outside of texas too good it's, uh, is that what texas is like it's just like 
Actually, yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> Depending on your part, yeah, it could be pretty close. If you're in the larger city, not really, but you never know. Yeah, I was surprised uh, when I first moved here that like neighbors really can stand outside and talk to each other in the street or alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thing that can happen. Um, but yeah, we do have lots of Whataburgers. Unfortunately, you probably will soon, too, if you're outside of Texas. <laughs> Unless Texans buy it back and start selling kolaches now. Uh, mm, that sounds good right now. <laughs> that it does. But... <laughs> Now, yeah, America has been trained many different ways throughout pop culture. Though I do think <coughs> the biggest message to take away, I do think through a lot of it, is just unity. Yeah, like, we're all different, and that's all right. We need to just accept that and carry on. <laughs> we're all different. We all came from different places. Yeah, like, I'm, I think it's We all completely... have different ideals hypocritical that a nation of immigrants has a certain subset of people who are absolutely pissed at the idea of immigrants that's like dumb you know <laughs> it is but and also there you do also have to remember that not everyone carries the ideal yeah and that's okay they're dumb and wrong yeah uh, <laughs> i actually have the perfect thing to go out on if we are ready to go out do you have any further things that you'd like to get in uh, no. Do you want to do the shill zone? Yeah, we can go to the shill zone right now. Pretend like Ted DiBiase's theme is playing. <laughs> <laughs> Money. Money indeed. So, um, if you want to support us, keep doing so. We would appreciate it. Uh, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash RagingRobotPartyCast. Um, you can pledge. We have pretty low and reasonable levels for you to pledge at. But I will throw down a gauntlet right now, because I believe you can um, pledge whatever you want, even on a low level. If somebody does um, more than 10, I will go ahead and allow them to make a request for whatever episode of a subject they want us to cover. Or if they want us to do like a video or something, we'll do that too. Um, so, that challenge has been thrown out. Um, We've still got our merch. We really need some new merch because I think nobody likes our current merch except me. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll get some more out there. Yeah. Uh, our main problem, um, if anybody out there wants to or has the skill to collaborate with us, is the program I use makes things really small. <laughs> and a lot of printing sites are like, uh, no, this is too small. And that's sort of the gist of where I'm at. Um, so yeah, it, it's fine for stickers, but not so great for shirts and stuff. Um, so yeah, we've got the Redbubble site still, uh, redbubble slash r-r-partycast, because their URLs are quite short. Um, as Ryan will always tell you, if you want to help us out for free, give us a positive review, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your dog, tell your cat. Uh, just go to whatever mobile phone store and just start subscribing to us on various phones that are on display. <laughs> just do your part, man. We're trying, okay? <laughs> We're definitely trying. Um, but yeah, also send us an email because we haven't read one since like our first couple weeks. Yeah, RagingRobotPartyCast at gmail.com. That is, once again, RagingRobotPartyCast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. 
So right. I think we're leaving. So bye. <laughs>